What's up, brother? And welcome to the Becoming Kings podcast. I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and men's lifestyle fulfillment coach. I've dedicated my life to helping men who feel like they're just not living up to their full potential to level up and become the king of their kingdoms. So whether you've been feeling stuck or numb or extremely angry with not living up to your greatest potential in any area of your life, then I'll be in your ears every week dropping some truly transformative episodes to help you become a man that you're proud to be. I'm glad you're here. Let's get to it. What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. I could not be more excited to have uh, a, a good friend, Brian Yang, in the in the house here. He is what you would consider, I guess, according to your Instagram, Brian, is a life and spiritual coach. You're a transformational retreat facilitator. You're a light warrior. You're you're so many things from what we've talked about and what I've seen on social media. But thanks for being here, man. No, I'm very excited. Um, I love talking about this stuff and just helping people, you know, helping share insights about life and, uh, you know, one little step at a time. Yeah, 100%. It's just interesting to think about, like, how how different might life be for, for you, for me, for so many of us that are listening or watching to this, watching this, if we were born 80 years ago, you know? Um, <laughs> yeah. It's just... Uh, crazy you'd be yeah. like the weirdos <laughs> yeah i think so and, and i think it's just a cool it's, it's like the right time there's so much there's so much going on in the world obviously right now so much that's happened literally in the last month it's ridiculous and yeah. but then i think there's so much more uh it just means there's more of a calling for this awakening yeah um and so why don't you why don't you I mean, you, you filled me in, obviously, when we chatted offline, but uh, fill the listeners in on kind of who you are and, and your journey, which is a very unique journey and, and how you're how you find yourself doing the work that you're doing right now with men and women, with you and your wife and give, give yeah, that sure. 30,000 foot view of your your story, if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I started off in life from young adulthood, just uh, chasing the dream of making lots of money and mm -hmm. Get the women get the money get the power that kind of you know uh <laughs> uh you know blueprint i suppose that you know we're conditioned um totally. i think that, that that is some way somehow that makes us fulfilled and happy like, oh that sounds fun and exciting i'm gonna do that yeah and so i i was able to get that um you know to a degree i was able to make a lot of money uh, i was able to get um, lots of options and, and, and women and and, and then at the, end of, at the end of the day, like it just, even with getting all those things, it still wasn't fulfilling. Like I would realize I would, it would be that first initial, initial excitement. Like when I made my first $100,000 or when I quit my job to work for myself, that was really exciting. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then that excitement fades and like, I'm left with this feeling where I haven't, hasn't really changed too much from before that. Like I, I still feel kind of like like met inside, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. She's not fully fulfilled, you know, still feeling grateful, having the ability to work for myself, mm -hmm. but there's still that itch for more, right? There's always going to be that itch for more. So then when I made my first million, of course, I was like, whoa, really excited. It's really exciting. And like filling in that kind of like self-worth wound where it's like, oh, I'm, I'm worthy. Like I'm one of the, the millionaires now, you know, I've, mm -hmm. I've made it. Mm -hmm. 
And then after a while you get used to it and slowly, <laughs> surely, it just starts to become a norm. And then you're still left at your baseline, which, which was before for me was um, still feeling like it's just not enough. Like mm -hmm. I, need, I need more, right? And, and then you get caught in the cycle of thinking more is better, you know? Okay, well then I need to get, I need to make 2 million now. And then I need to make, you know, more than that. And then I need to, you know, have more women or whatever. And more of the, this, this external thing, this constant chase. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of that kind of fell on his head when I fell in love for the first time, um, really deeply with uh, my wife, Danica. Mm -hmm. And um, that just really cracked me open. Um, I, I, had, I, had, I had feelings of love that I didn't have for most of my life. Um, but it was difficult. It was, uh, it was a very difficult journey. Um, Cause we both came to the relationship as most people do with so much emotional baggage that you don't, you're not even aware of. Mm. And, um, you know, the people, the people that you are closest to that you fall in love with, like you just love family, friends, whatever, um, spend enough time with them. They're going to trigger the, the shit out of you. And that's exactly yeah. what happened with our relationship. It was just so much triggers, so much, of my patterns triggering her patterns and then she would go into her patterns was in trigger which would trigger my patterns it would just be ping-ponging back and forth and like what makes me felt feel safe makes her feel unsafe and what makes her feel safe makes me feel unsafe mm. it's just like it's like that trauma bonding you know it happens to so many relationships um and it's like it's just it's crazy how it happens with the people that are the closest with us that we fall yeah. most heavily in love with it becomes the most emotionally challenging and so mm -hmm. we went on a massive sort of journey of like trying to like figure out how to make this work and like doing things like tony robbins right so i got into mm -hmm. platinum with tony robbins we did a whole year of that and um there's a lot of awareness that was developed from that um but you know there's still like like just stumbling blocks like the awareness was there, like we know better, but we're not doing better. Like we know better, but when the triggers are intense enough, we're still reverting back to old patterns. And we're just kind of like in this bind where we're kind of stuck. And it doesn't matter how much more head knowledge we try to download or seminars or whatever, mm -hmm. the emotional wounds, the, the, the childhood wounds, the, the cry for help inside us, the, the noise is just so much louder than, mm -hmm. than the head you know, awareness. Amen. And, uh, and somehow, you know, long story short, we got introduced to ayahuasca, mm -hmm. which is a uh, very powerful plant medicine. It's a psychedelic. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, it just blew our minds apart. It just, our whole concept of reality changed. And we were able to process emotions and traumas that it's just very difficult to, to get to with like therapy and seminars and talk and logic. Um, and it just, it just pulls this medicines like these just pull all the crap up to the surface. Mm -hmm. You're forced to sit with it. You're forced to face it, you know, and, and it's difficult to even some of the traumas are so hard to pull out yourself that like, that's the beautiful things about these medicines that it, it, should, it brings it to the surface for you. Like, even if you can't access it yourself, yeah, you will bring it up. And it's, that's the beautiful thing about it. It's like, it has to be dealt with. It can't, you can't just ignore it. You can't just think that more money, more more uh, a different lover, um, a bigger house is going to fix the stuff that's inside us. It just doesn't. 
And um, so anyways, long story short, we went through like a whole year of doing lots of, a lot more ayahuasca and other plant medicines and just going deep into the depths of our souls and trauma and to like uncover, you know, all the stuff that's been building up over decades, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And so um, we've had made, we've made so much progress, learned so many things and, and, uh, and through that, you know, it just became apparent like, wow, we can also help others along the ways. And that's kind of like, I think that that is a path, the spiritual path is you, you learn, you heal yourself and you continue to do that nonstop because we're always learning. Yeah. As we're doing that, we're helping others along the way. And then they eventually can help them other people. And it just, it's just an ongoing cycle where you, you learn as you, you learn and then you teach and then you teach and you learn and just teach, learn, learn, teach, learn, teach. It's just, it just goes on and on and on. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's just a big part of the path. Um, and so, yeah, now, now we run our own retreats and uh you know do offer coaching now i uh, just started offering that yeah but, um but yeah i mean we've been through a lot and uh, we learn a lot and we continue to learn and that's what we offer to others as well it's so cool i mean something i want to honor you guys with which is um you know i think is is rare and i think i made the mistake in in maybe uh my first marriage <laughs> was yeah. that uh and then i've also been on the, the receiving end of it too in other relationships where if you have like an issues based relationship where each other keep triggering each other's issues. Yeah. Right. And man, like, man, it's like, you can love someone so much yeah. and yet still be like questioning, but do they actually like me? Do I actually like them? <laughs> no, it's crazy. <laughs> I love them, but can I actually do life with them? And to, to, I say to honor you guys is because you guys have done the work together. And I think my, my coach um, has said like, these type of issue-based relationships can, can work if you, if you both decide to evolve together, Yeah, you know, and I think in my, you know, 10 years ago or more, I, I just wasn't willing to necessarily do the work at the time, yeah. you know, even though the call was coming from her, like, can we do this? And I was like, mm -hmm. man, we're fine. You know, guys are good about kind of minimizing. No, we're good. Like, it's not a big deal, but when that's really just coming from a place of fear. Right. So what was it for you guys? So cool. That you guys decided to do the work together is so awesome but then there, there had it sounds like there's some sort of like spiritual awakening that you all you both experienced that changed your yeah. life's trajectory right what was that in doing yeah. ayahuasca and yeah i mean the the, the highlights was like i mean everything is a stepping stone i mean even you know the spiritual path the path to growth the healing to fulfillment all that is a it's a it's an on it's a spectrum it's a continuum and so everything leads to one thing and then to the other, and it all culminates to this moment right here. Yeah. And, um, and so, I mean, for me, if I were to really say what really set me on the spiritual path is falling in love with Danica for the very first, uh, the very beginning, mm. even though it wasn't spiritual or anything like that, like that fundamentally changed the course of my life completely. I was like single bachelor style. I kind of mentioned it before, just wanted yeah. to be, a, you know, kind of a player and, and make tons of money and like, be kind of like that, live like exciting, an exciting playboy life, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and that was the trajectory, 100%. And then I fell in love with Danica. It was completely, you know, spontaneous. Yeah. Not planned for. And then my life completely changed from then on. And um, so that's like one pivotal, one pivotal moment. The second one was getting into Tony Robbins, which I think as far as logic-based types of self-help, 
Mm-hmm. It's still very powerful to, to look at patterns and like get out of victim mentality and start totally. to evaluate how I have the power to actually change my life. Mm. And then deeper than that was another coach that introduced us to the concept of em, uh, emotional reality mirroring. Hmm. Um, you know, not that phrase exactly, but that's how they describe it. It's like our entire reality is a mirror reflecting our inner, our outer world is reflected, is reflective of our inner world. Hmm. I said that right. <laughs> so what's inside us is going to be reflected outside of us, um, which is why like, you know, we walk through life and get triggered by events, people, business, this or that, especially like people, you know, especially the closer relationships. They're just mirroring back to us emotionally what's going on with the turmoil, the turmoil that's already within us. So when we're saying like that person pissed me off or that person betrayed me or that one's a dick or this person is like, you know, ignorant or whenever we, have, we come up with all these ju- judgments and, and it's, it's all ways of us either trying to like reject and protect ourselves from the outside threat. Um, but what the reality of that is like to flip that on its head, it's like that threat is not a threat. It's just a mirror showing to you the stuff that's inside you already that needs to be felt and dealt with. And it will happen over and over again. So, you know, translating that to our relationship, Danica and I, um, it was the most profound thing to know that like, oh, if she's triggering me, it's not just about the things she did and the logic and my rationale around like what she did. Like, oh, she shouldn't have done that. Like, oh, why she don't, so why she showing reasonable, like oh, this or that, like all about calculating and criticizing and judging her it's like it's the reason why i'm bringing i'm manifesting that in myself is because i already have that emotional trigger to begin with within me and it's like i i i already have a sense of lack of safety or or self-worth and so when she does a thing and that triggers that emotion like it's only triggering what's already there and vice versa right so like if i'm doing something which is oftentimes which can be out of my own insecurities and triggers her, then it's already, it's only just simply poking what's already inside her. Um, you know, like, uh, you know, you, you have relation in relationship, you have people like fighting all the time about, uh, you know, the woman not feeling seen and not feeling loved or the men not feeling, um, you know, I mean, there's a bunch of like, even Tony Robbins talking about like the men need to, what, what men need to feel, um, uh, praised and, praised and respected. Uh, not respected, not criticized, mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of other stuff, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't even matter what it is, it's just, we, all, we all have our needs. Mm-hmm. But those needs are based on the feeling that we don't already have that, in, that we don't believe that we have that inside us already, that we have right. to have something outside of us to validate us because we don't believe that about ourselves anyways, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so that's like the deeper root cause is like, you know, Let's say she says something and um, it, uh, let's say she says something and it triggers me and makes me feel like hurt or angry. I only feel hurt or angry because I thought, because my, I don't actually believe I have self-love or self-worth and that my sense of self-worth is dictated on how people treat me. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. They treat me nice. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm good. You know, if they give me praise then I am respected. If they do this based on what they give me in terms of validation or whatever, that's determinant on whether I actually have it or not. 
but that's not true. It doesn't matter whether they give me praise or validation. I can actually have that self-worth, that confidence, that, that just that confident knowing that I am enough as I am. And I don't need validation. Right. So like that, that shift plays out in relationships so intensely where it's yeah. like we need the other person so badly to do the things, say the things and do the things for us to make us feel whole and loved and all that. And they're doing the same thing for you. They're expecting you to do all the stuff for them so they can feel whole and loved. And you have two needy people coming together, trying to fulfill their, coming together with their empty cups, trying to expect the other person to fulfill each other's needs. And they're just simply marrying to each other yep. the emptiness that's inside both of them. Yep. And that's why you just, that's why these relationships just fall apart over and over mm. um, because it's what's what we all do. And it's just, it's natural to fall into that trap, but that's part of the healing path, the, the, the awakening is like really seeing the truth that that's not, that's not how it works. That's not the truth. The truth is remembering and noticing that I have all the love and all the self-worth within me right now. I don't need mm. to like chase it, mm. right? Um, so that was a big one, the, mir the mirroring. And then um, with the with the plant medicines, it, it then just made it just a, a logical concept. It made it a, a knowing, a feeling. Mm. Where it was like, okay, it's not only just a cool logical thing to think about. Now I know and I feel that that's, that's true. This concept mm. of, of, of mirroring that we manifest our reality and our traumas are simply a reflection of our, our own stuff that mm -hmm. we need to kind of unpack and deal with and, and not play the victim game of trying to orchestrate and control our environment or people around us to fulfill the emptiness inside us. Cause that's what we're all doing until we get to this point of awareness. Yep. yep. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I mean the, the plant medicines I think is like so critical though. Cause like, it's just hard to get past the head knowledge um, until you get that feeling. Yeah. And I feel like when we were chatting again uh, offline and it totally resonates for me too, like so much of my life to this day. And I, and I see it in a lot of men that I work with here in Denver too, is just that like everything has to be logical and mm -hmm. measurable and observable. It's all has to fit inside yeah. this box. It's all has to be controlled. Mm -hmm. And just in a little bit of plant-based medicines that I've been starting to, to work with that the huge epiphanies and awakenings that I've had have had to do with kind of surrendering or letting go of that control and that kind yeah. of logic, you know, would you say that's a big part of it too? And why that's, it's so special because your brain kind of goes off on a completely different direction than it normally would in its little groove in its rut of logic. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, it's also part of the, the masculine is to look at, to observe the world through a very logical perspective. True. Yep. Um, but to balance that, it's the feminine energy inside us that needs to feel. Mm. And, um, you know, there's a saying, um, you know, feeling is healing. Mm -hmm. And you can't think our way through healing. You can't think your way through the, the healing that needs to be done. Like we have to experience and feel things. Mm -hmm. the, and when it comes to our trauma or all the limiting beliefs around that, we have to feel the trauma that had, that had created those limiting beliefs, right? We can't just like be like, this is my limiting belief. This is my new belief. And then just keep trying to force your brain to like know the new belief. It's not, it's not, it's not the only way it works. Right. You right. have to feel the trauma and process the emotional trauma on an energetic level that created all those limiting beliefs to begin with. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it's natural. Like we, we have an ego that wants to survive and it wants to calculate all these different ways to survive and it's all different forms of control. Um, in our modern world, it's not just about finding food to survive. It's like trying to find self-worth through money, the career, the, the lover, right? As a means of survival. Um, but yeah, I mean, all that is a, it's a complete illusion. Um, but it's meant to be, it's meant to be challenging though, you know, cause that's how we expand our consciousness. I mean, that's another topic, but like the challenges and the traumas of life is kind of by design to crack our soul open and have a deeper depth and understanding to reality and consciousness and to grow to the next level, whatever that is, you know, spiritually. Mm. It's, it's interesting the conversation we're having because I, I grew up uh, as a Christian scientist and Christian science that what I do enjoy about it is that I was raised to, to believe that we we're all born perfect in the image and likeness of God, rather than what I see a lot of religions saying, like, you know, you're born a sinner and then all <laughs> yeah. your entire life, you're working to, to break that, uh, that belief. And it's such, that's such a, a challenging belief to overcome. If you feel like you're a sinner, or you're broken and, and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And so, um, but the whole idea around Christian science, at least for me, from what I understood and still understand is like, it's, it really is all about consciousness. And we were always kind of taught to not do drugs, not to, uh, even like normal modern medicine, no alcohol, because all of that would affect our own thought process or consciousness and being able to align ourselves with our creator. Yeah. Yeah. But now having kind of moved my way, uh, through my own spiritual journey and using plant-based medicines, like the more I, I discover that the more I'm letting go of that surrender, letting go of right or wrong, or, uh, you know, the shame, the more healing trauma healing is happening, Yeah, which is interesting, you know, which just makes me think, okay, what part of what I learned growing up is healthy and works and what other part of it just kind of fit into the dogma or, or the box of religion for that matter, yeah. you know? So kind of going off on a little bit of a tangent, but coming back towards consciousness, I feel like, I, I just wonder, is there really any form of trauma? If a guy's listening to this and he's had a really, really challenging life or childhood, is there really any trauma that cannot be healed? I mean, that's a big question. Um... I mean, my wife is, you know, referred to my wife because she has like had lots of trauma mm -hmm. um, and uh, lots of, you know, a lot of psychiatrists and doctors would, or, you know, with all their diagnoses and all that crap would say that she just, she wouldn't be able to heal it or be very, very slim chance and she would have to be on medication for the rest of her life. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, sure. According to mainstream sort of, um, you know, sciences, there are traumas that can't be healed. Mm. Um, I believe in my perspective that I think pretty much any trauma can be healed, but it has to be matched with the um, same amount of effort, same amount of energy, mm -hmm. you know? Um, you know, sure, like maybe if you have a mild trauma, you can go to therapy and that might be enough to like get around it somewhat. But most of us, a lot of us have like deep childhood traumas. Um, I mean, I remember there's like a, there's a statistic somewhere that just popped in my head, like one in four women have been molested 
or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. And that's just what's reported, yeah. right? Right. Um, you know, that's not, that's not just women. I mean, there's, there's men out there that have issues and not just about sexuality and stuff, but like there's all kinds of crap that, you know, that's not even being reported because people don't, they're either not aware of it, they try to ignore it, and they don't even think, they don't even think they'll see out, whatever, either way. We all have tons of trauma and I think it can all be healed with the right amount of effort, but I think it can only be healed if we're ready for the healing. There's some people that are just not ready to want to heal that. And that's another thing too. Like some people, they just, they're going to be stuck in their traumas for the rest of their life to some degree. Oh, hold up. <laughs> I got cats everywhere. Sorry. Um, uh, yeah. So it was like, and like just kind of, and that's like another topic as well, but like, you know, everyone has a different level of consciousness. Yeah. Some are ready to sort of quote unquote awaken in this lifetime. Others might take them a couple of lifetimes to get to the same point. And uh, yeah, it talks about like reincarnation and stuff. I mean, I mean, it's hard to talk about trauma without talking about how it's related to the whole, right? So it's like, you know, I do believe in reincarnation. I think like, you know, if you think about our life, the, 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 the length of the universe or the age of the universe being billions of years old, our lifetime is like 70 to 80 years. It's going to be longer, of course, with modern, modern medicines and whatnot. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But that's just like, that's like this. It's a blink, it's a snap, it's a flash of light. It's freaking nothing. It's a grain of sand and mm -hmm. a entire beach. And even that's not even, you know, proportional, you know? Right, right. And so the thing that we just have this one lifetime to experience life and to learn from it and whatever should evolve and grow, it actually makes no sense at all. It actually makes a lot more sense that we come here. We have infinite souls that come here over and over to get what we can in one lifetime. And then what we can't get, we just take it to the next life and into the next lifetime and we just grow incrementally from one lifetime to the next mm. on an infinite spectrum of evolution of consciousness. Um, that is actually one of the biggest things in um, my ayahuasca journey that I got was the evolution of consciousness. Mm. And um, I was, you know, look, before ayahuasca, I was like pretty much like atheist agnostic kind of deal. I you know, had to be like you were saying, I had to be observable, measurable for it to be real. Mm -hmm. um, and that's just not true because there's what we can observe and measure is limited. Mm -hmm. We're not able to observe and measure everything because we're in, we're in a limited reality. There's multiple dimensions and stuff beyond this. That's way beyond our perception. Mm -hmm. And thank God for these psychedelics or even like those who like really dedicated to like breath or meditation. I heard that they are able to access this as well. You're able to perceive beyond and realize, Oh, this is just, one limited layer of reality when there's right. so much deeper beyond right um so yeah i mean coming back to trauma um you know i think i think we're i think everyone can heal a trauma when they're ready to heal the heal the trauma it's probably a better answer mm -hmm. and um and there will be some that like consciously they're just not ready to like break from that but maybe later in life maybe in the next lifetime or whatever I think everyone's evolving regardless whether they do it now or later. We're all in, we're all in this together collectively healing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's a great answer because I I feel just intuitively too. And you said it too like something that that first shift for you is when you fell in love with Danica. And I feel like for me and love love being the answer, love has a way of of making all things possible. Yeah. And so in that regard, I feel like, you know, I have met lots of men who have 
really, really kind of overwhelming stories, you know, and they've been through hell and, and back or they're still in hell in many regards. And I, and I like the idea that it's not like they're unsavable. <laughs> yeah. That they, yeah. They are able to find that, uh, find that peace on the other side of the, you know, the wilderness, so to speak. And, and I like the idea that if they jump into doing the work, you know, doing something like a retreat with you or, or however they find their journey, um, that the more they, that they let go of maybe that control, the more they might be able to find that healing, which I just feel like that there's a, there's a rate and there's a, it's proportional. Like the more you let go, the, the more healing and abundance there is on the other side. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's like letting go of control is like emptying your cup and allowing the universe to flow in, yeah. fill it up with what it needs to fill up, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, there's multiple, so many spiritual teachers talk about this, but they talk about life like this, um, this life force of like a, like a river life force that flows downstream mm. and um, you can resist it with a sense of control, you know, thinking we know better, you know, um, but at the end of the day, it's still going to float downstream and it's better to be, to let go of control, to mm -hmm. surrender more, to be able to open yourself up to a lot more possibilities. Mm -hmm. And that's where life becomes a lot more magical because if we're constantly floating, rowing upstream, life is a lot of work. You're going against a lot of resistance and you're just making it harder on yourself, which also is part of an evolutionary path as well because sometimes we have to do that to realize oh that's not working right yeah, and yeah. then we learn to open ourselves up like we are to surrender and and to like go of the flow of, of freaking life in the universe it's going to present things to us that are going to to to, to be the, our greatest good even whether it's challenging or blissful or whatever it's going to be meant for our greatest good mm. um, and that's a great lesson that you know for those that have control issues um these there are things like plant medicines that really help it's going to be painful yeah but man does it help you like learn to like learn to really let go of control and surrender mm. and trust right and that and then that's the byproduct of surrendering means you're also trusting in yourself and also god the universe you know this divine sort of matrix that creates everything that puts everything puts all this stuff in motion there's a, mm -hmm. you got to trust, you have a, you got to have a trust in all of this, right? Mm -hmm. That you're going to be taken care of and that you're going to figure it out. And, um, and, you know, I mean, that's, there's also this sort of like, I feel like we all have like a, a divine path kind of laid out to us, you know, our souls come in and they know kind of like what we want to learn, what we're going to, what direction we're going to roughly go into. And, that's happening kind of no matter what, to be quite honest. And, um, and so trusting in that process that God, the universe, higher powers that are, that are in play are taking care of us and moving us in a direction that we're meant to go through. Mm -hmm. It takes less pressure off in a moment to moment basis, like mm -hmm. not having to put so much pressure on every decision we make, you know, like, yes, you know, do the best to make the best decision in the moment, but, what happens, what will unfold from that decision, that's going to, that's always going to, that's going to be meant for your greatest good. And that's kind of like, you know, it's going to be meant for you regardless. Mm -hmm. So, I'm, I'm curious because uh, kind of along that same vein, like you had to allow a big part of you or your old sense of identity to, to die. 
you know, you've gone pretty far from, let's say, like you said, that kind of playboy lifestyle to one of more spiritual awakening. Yeah. Um, with, with humility, of course, because uh, I, I can only imagine, how, you know, how much work and the courage that you and your wife has have exemplified to go into those depths of your own souls to like get to the trauma and to the healing, you know. But what are you, I want to ask you about you and then about your, your wife, but what are you most proud of, like I said, from a humble place of, of what you've been able to accomplish in this journey of, of spiritual awakening? You know, how have you evolved as a man? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, one of the things I'm proud of, and it's an ongoing um, progression and it's con- it continues to unfold in me, is this, um, this love, this uh, openness in my heart. That's been opening more and more. Um, it used to be so closed off. I was so disconnected. I just wanted to live in a big city and live, just chase one exciting thing after the other. Now I'm able to actually genuinely feel pulled and appreciate like nature, animals. Um, you know, I'm even like basically vegan, plant-based or something, you know, I mean, not super strict on it, but like basically vegan, plant-based, whatever. And like, I love animals. I could, I could never, uh, sorry, cats around me. <laughs> I could never connect with animals before. I could like look at them and see that they're cute, but there'd be zero connection. It'd just mm. be like staring at an animal and, you know, and that's it. But now I can like, I can feel their soul, their consciousness, and I can love them. Mm. And that wasn't there before. And I have a lot more love and obviously just, it goes for everybody. Like it's people in general, is like so much less judgment um towards people because like i know that they're just the beautiful soul their consciousness that's just trying to do their best even if they're making mistakes or whatever they might be doing something that seems shitty they're still just doing the best that they can i think right. they're doing the best that they think they need to do to survive mm. and um just having more compassion having more love for life and myself and everything really like that's what i'm proud of is that that growing sense of love mm-hmm isn't that all that we all want? I mean, that's like, <laughs> like Tony talks about. We all we all want to be be loved, yeah. be enough, and and to be loved, yeah. um, and exactly. to to realize that your capacity to um, give it is is the same as your capacity to receive it. So yeah, absolutely, that's, that's really really cool. Because I know I've, I've I've certainly made a lot of progress in my since two thousand nine when I first went to Tony Robbins. I first kind of had my eyes open, and yet I still judge myself so much you know and i judge others and there's times that i can i find myself following into falling into that loving space and there's times that i'm so far from it right and i feel such that sense of like kind of like what's what's the point of all this and i feel like I, a lot of men that that listen and i connect with they they feel that way too like what's the point of this whole life you know and then <laughs> hear from you like oh man for me to actually feel moved by nature or animals or people or not be triggered constantly by all those things or feeling completely numb that does feel like a life worth living you know yeah it gets uh, it gets it's a complicated road it can be difficult to get to this point but you know it's uh it gets simpler <laughs> it gets a lot simpler and that's, that's not to say i don't get triggered and i don't have judgments at times as i i try to i'm able to catch myself quicker than before but it is, uh, it's all about, it's all, everything's on the, on a, on a path of gradual progression, yes. right? Yes. 
And so yes. like a lot of people can like, even with Tony Robbins or whatever, this, these types of work, they, they want to like do the seminar. Like I want to go through three seminars or do, do, do this amount of work and then be done with, you know, that mm -hmm. part of my life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Everything's on the progression. Mm -hmm. Everything is on like an, a, an evolutionary path of progression and it just gradually, you know, magnifying these things inside ourselves, whether it's love or self-worth or a sense totally. of trust and surrender. Like it's just, you just try to unfold the different layers of it and it just magnifies over time. Totally. Um, you know, unless you're like, you get to the point of being enlightened and maybe like your Jesus Buddha, Buddha level consciousness. I don't know. I've, I'm so far from that. Um, but I'm on my path, you know, whatever that looks like. Sure. And, um, you know, it's, it's, and it's okay. I think, you know, don't want to, you definitely don't want to judge yourself even when you're not doing the best you think you should be doing. Mm -hmm. uh, you're just doing the best in the moment. And if you get triggered, then that's okay. That's still your best in the moment. Mm. This means there's just some parts of yourselves, there's still parts of ourselves inside that still need some more self love, some unresolved stuff. And just, the more you chip away at it, the less those trig triggers really take hold. They become smaller and smaller over time. Mm. And they can work on the next trigger. <laughs> and then you yes. just, and life, will, life will throw triggers at you. You don't have to chase the triggers, you know? Right, just, right. No. What have you seen in, in, in your wife and in, in her own progress and, and healing journey? And how has that brought you guys even closer? Because I want to I wanna kind of bring it, you know, <laughs> uh, kind of around full circle to show that me in men's work and men doing their own work, it not only allows them to experience uh, amazing things in life, but it also allows them to feel greater depths of love and greater connection. And, and, and life is just uh, more abundant, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, with my relationship with Danica, I mean, she's, she's transformed. I mean, I feel like every month she just is another <laughs> part of it that transforms like it's cool. all the time. I mean, she's, she's more hardcore than I am. But you know, we're in this together. So like when she does a lot of work, I do a lot of work. When I do something, she does something. Like if I go to retreat, she wants to do something. And we're always like finding things to kind of like go deeper. Because um, I mean, we, we treat the spiritual path not as a thing to do, but it is us, you know? Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> that's, that's, that's cool that you say that because I do feel like certain people that I've met feel like uh, personal development is a, a thing to do, or, or it's used to solve something or fix something or heal something or, you know, and, and for me, it's like, I don't feel like it's something to do. It feel like it's just who I am. Yeah. So it's cool that you say that, but sorry, carry on. Very cool. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, I mean, my, you know, Danica has overcome a lot of things. I mean, you know, and she can speak better on it, obviously herself, but you know, she's overcome like you know, suicidal ideation, mm -hmm. self-harming, mm -hmm. overcome um, abandonment wounds. Um, she's overcome, um, you know, a lot of control issues. Um, and she's overcome um, a lot of codependency, which is also tied to the abandonment stuff. So like mm -hmm. being dependent on the other person to fulfill your own um, yep. That's not to say that there isn't any of that left. Of course, there's still traces of that. Um, I think we'll always have traces of some of these for as long as we have a human brain and ego attached to it. There'll be traces of these things, which is why it's good to continually do the work to keep it in check. Mm -hmm. but, like I, but like I said, I mean, you can do a lot of the work to knock out how some of these things have like overgrown themselves, right? Mm -hmm. the control can, can, can be overgrown over decades because you use that muscle so much. Mm. 
um, or, or whatever, you know, coping mechanism, um, which is all just forms of control, really. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> she's back there. Uh, she, oh, yeah, she used to be addicted to cocaine and like, I would say she was addicted to alcohol, you know, it's like, mm. like all these n- nasty, dangerous sort of co- coping mechanisms. She's yeah. overcome them. So cool. Um, like, amazing. Yeah, like uh, I was gonna say, but since she mentioned it, she she mentioned it. She overcame she overcame bipolar, borderline, all kinds of stuff. Um, mm. And it's like if you had met her the same time I met her, and you'd see her today, just it, they're so far apart. Those people, it is they're like they're barely even the same person. It is, uh, it is crazy, but it can be done with like serious, dedicated effort and taking this healing mm-hmm. seriously and doing the work of facing the stuff we have to face that's uncomfortable and painful and scary. What's so beautiful about this too is that you guys obviously are now paying it forward and you're doing your retreats, uh, men, men's and women's retreats, because you guys have actually walked, <laughs> you're walking the talk in a major, major way. Um, we're talking the walk. You did the work and continue to do the work and now you're teaching others. Um, and cool to see too that you guys have evolved. If, if you're completely different people from when you met and yet you guys still love each other, you're still in the relationship together. It's pretty cool to show because I think some people do get scared about like, if I'm going to do this work, am I going to lose my loved ones? Am I going to evolve? And sometimes again, that's part of the surrender, right? You just have to trust. I can add to that. Yeah. I mean, definitely you're going to, for those around you that are meant to be with you, they will follow your path or their own path, similar to yours of healing and, and, and and working on themselves, whatever, whatever that looks like. Um, and those that are not ready for that, which is okay. You know, maybe they're a younger solar consciousness and they're, they're not ready for that kind of awakening. They won't just naturally fall off. Mm-hmm. You'll just, the energy will just be, will just dissipate mm-hmm. and they will just fall off and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, that is part of the process. You're going to lose a lot of the people that um, you've bonded with over years when you start to do this work. Um, because I mean, honest, like a lot of the relationships, I mean, to be honest, a lot of the relationships and bonds that we make friends or whatever is based off of trauma. Totally. Right? Yep. You know, they fulfill my needs because I feel empty inside and somehow you fulfill their needs because they feel empty inside. Mm-hmm. Right. And once that, that core need starts to dissipate and you start to like heal that, the, the, the things that attached you to those people start to dissipate and like something new has to, something new has to emerge from that instead. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Their work, then they're naturally going to be in alignment with you, but if they're not doing the work, it's going to dissipate. And then, you know, whether it's friends or family, family can be a real tough one for a lot of people because so much codependency in our culture and all over the world with family ties. Mm. But yeah, I mean, it's just natural part of the process for sure. Yeah. I'm glad you bring that up. I think that's, that's, it's just good to acknowledge and good to hear you say, I think guys are, I can just hear them, see them nodding their heads. I'm like, okay, that's good to know. Um, and that's just part of, again, the maturity of being willing to evolve, right. And follow your own path, you know, and just yeah. not judge and have it all be okay. And, and talking more about the, the work that, uh, that you guys are doing with 
with clients, with, with your retreats. Mm -hmm. um, I noticed, you, I mean, you obviously talked about ayahuasca. I've seen that you got, you've done combo, like what, what uh, we don't have to get into the actual plant-based medicines, but what type of person is coming to a retreat or working with you? What are they, you know, I'm sure that's a, that's a broad question, but what are the things that you really enjoy working on, on with people and what are you guys really focusing on in, in some of the retreats that you're doing? Yeah. I mean, the big, the biggest thing is the, uh, the trauma healing, which is and, and, and dissolving the illusion that we are all separate from each other. Right. And it, it, it's, yeah. it's all connected. The trauma healing, the trauma healing and, and this awareness of the connectedness of all of us together that we're all a collective and this earth that we all share together and this universe that we all share together. Totally. It's all connected. And so like, once you heal a trauma, you start to feel this connection more. Mm. Right? So it's everything you're connected, but yes, it starts with the trauma healing because the trauma creates all these freaking patterns of limiting beliefs um, that hold us back uh, from a more fulfilling life and from being our true spiritual selves, gotcha. which is a super loving, you know, <laughs> unconditionally, unconditionally loving soul. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so we try to unpack that and uh, we use very powerful medicines. Obviously, combo is one. Um, we use another toad medicine that uh, if people want to contact me or my wife, she's like the expert. She's actually the, my wife is the, is the medicine woman and mm. she's also a channeler and like she's been unlocking some crazy shit on her own healing path. Cool. Um, she's the one that serves the medicines, um, during the retreats. So, uh, yeah, just for more details on those kind of medicines, just contact um, us directly. And mm -hmm. then we can talk on like signal or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, these things are just so powerful. I mean, we, we have some seminar talk, which talks, which kind of like helps people develop the awareness, right? The head sure. sure. And we combine that with, the medicines which help, which help people get down to the energetic, the emotional processing, right? Mm -hmm. Release trauma, facing the demons in the closet. Mm -hmm. And uh, it is profound. It's very deep work. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, uh, we don't we don't do ayahuasca, but we definitely recommend ayahuasca. It's a great, mm -hmm. you know, it's all over the world for that. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of great medicines out there even if they don't go to me there's so many there's so many resources out there for these plant medicines it's um it's great it's beautiful mm -hmm. uh oh dad feels comfortable talking about beautiful so i guess i'll talk more about that <laughs> <laughs> i mean she's a main practitioner so i'm just doing what she's comfortable with yeah yeah well yeah i've heard of that but i don't know a lot about it okay so a uh, bufo is five meo dmt yes so ayahuasca, which is um, NNDMT, is said to open the sixth chakra, which is, I believe, um, the, the pineal, how are you pronounce it? Pineal. Pineal gland. Pineal gland. I've heard pronounced so many different things, but different <laughs> ways. I'm just you know, yes. all mixed up. Either way, um, it opens that massively, and you're right. able to perceive crazy stuff, right? Mm -hmm. um, different dimensions, entities, whatever. And they can also process a lot of trauma as well. But it's, it's a lot of observation. You separate from what you're experiencing. You're observing. Mm. Um, the bufo, which is the 5-MeO-DMT, is said to open the seventh chakra, which is like our direct connection to God and the universe. 
and we literally become one with the experience that it triggers. Like you, hmm. it's like, it's like um, your ego does is very common that people have like an ego death. Yes. Right. You've right. heard that before. Yep. Yep. Um, where your ego and your consciousness just disintegrates or blows up or whatever, and then you you just feel you're just energy and you're connected to everything. Hmm. It's like it's beautiful. Like you don't have to do like decades of meditation in the mountains to achieve this. You can like yeah. get a taste of this with this medicine. And um, it's profoundly transformational because there's a lot of trauma healing in the body that happens as a result of opening these energies in us. Hmm. Because um, yeah, I mean, the body has to release a lot of this trauma energy in order to like open a lot of these higher states of consciousness, thanks to these types of medicines. So like, hmm. Some people are just crying. Some people are crying out of gratitude even. Some people are screaming, you know, at the top of their lungs. Um, one of our friends and client, um, during her experience, she was just screaming at the top of her lungs. Oh my God, I'm gonna die. Oh my God, I'm gonna die. But consciously, she wasn't, she wasn't observing that. She wasn't, her, her, her consciousness completely like checked out and the body was like literally separate from her consciousness do, doing his trauma release. So when she came back, she didn't remember any of that. She wasn't aware of any of that crazy stuff, but like the mm. body had to like release that. Mm -hmm. And so I don't know, it's crazy. Cause like, you know, you hear people talk about how like the soul and the consciousness is different than the, the, the brain and the body, yes. right? Yes. Yep. I actually experienced that. Like, oh, this meat suit is actually just a meat suit, <laughs> including, <laughs> including the brain. Totally. My soul and consciousness is a separate thing. It's just, it's just sitting inside it for now to experience have this experience uh, so like yeah i mean it's, these medicines are wild because it really shows you like the truth of, of of that reality like we're just souls incarnating mm -hmm. these bodies and having that experience mm -hmm. this is very similar to some of the stuff that dr joe dispenza talks about and right. also like pinging the the pineal gland and the, the meditations that i've done and a few of his retreats that i've attended um yeah. without medicine you know just mm -hmm. through breath work and yeah. Yeah. And that sort of thing, but uh, it, yeah, it's all kind of resonating to me, mm -hmm. seeing that this is a very—it's just an interesting process, you know, and and one that I feel like also resonates with what I heard from Tony from the very beginning, which is like all those traumas or, or the most of the memories that we can remember from our childhoods were just highly, uh, highly emotional moments, right, for good or for bad, right, mm -hmm. and so that it's kind of like we have to almost meet it what you said earlier, meet it with a similar, similar or, or equal energy, you know, or emotion yes. to unlock other things and, and exactly. to replace, place trauma with love and, and healing. So yeah. really, really, really cool. So some of your, <clears throat> the retreats you're doing, what, what do those actually look like? Just, uh, are they yeah, bigger I mean, retreats? Are they more intimate retreats? What are they? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're intimate retreats. They're very small. Um, it's like, you know, between like five and maybe like five or six people. Mm. And um, we do these medicines <clears throat> um, that, we, that we work with, but we also do like seminar talk where I talk about the stuff that I'm talking to you about now and go a little right. bit deep, go, with, go through examples. Um, but you know, my wife also plays the sound bowls, right? So sound healing, cool. sound with the vibration, also a great way to help move energies inside us, trauma and whatnot. Um, and then, um, you know, we, we, we usually fill into the group and decide whether we do 
other forms of plant medicines that are not psychedelic, or we might do breath work. Mm -hmm. um, we do meditations. Um, what else do we do? Yeah, I mean, those are, those are, I mean, the main things are the, the medicines that we work with. Um, and then we also have integration um, time in between them. And so, you know, a very big part of this work is also like integrating back into nature. So, I mean, we live in a very beautiful area with tons of trees, there's a river nearby. And so we, uh, we, we, we do some integration with that. And cool. uh, yeah, no, it's a, it's, a, it's a super powerful, super powerful um, retreat. I mean, it's very common that most of our clients you know, consider it like the best weekend of their entire life. So cool. it's, that's awesome. it's really, we blow people apart and help them come back together. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, uh, it is on a whole nother level, obviously, than, than the life <laughs> that you or I kind of lived before mm -hmm. so-called awakening. Right. Even though I definitely feel like I'm still awakening each and every single day further, yeah, further on that. On we ever like get to a point where we're like awakened. I think it's a constant unfolding arrived. Yeah. Wake up a little yes. bit more yes. gradually. <laughs> yes. You never yes, reach yes. kind of peeling the onions. Hmm? Yes, totally, hmm. totally Pe peeling the the layers of the onion, just getting closer and closer to that. Yeah, the core and to love and to truth. Yeah. Well, you mentioned earlier, um, you know, like oh, if people want to do this, they just need to get in contact with you or your wife. How how can they do that? How can they learn more about? Yeah, just follow me. I mean, you know, we we um, we just started offering these retreats, so we don't have like a formal. Um, website but we but my wife does have a website for her combo practice which is lovecombo.com so obviously love and then combo is spelled k-a-m as in mary uh b-o combo okay, okay. combo.com and um and also you can follow uh, me on instagram which is insta with brian that's my handle Cool. Insta with Brian, all spelled out. You can contact through my wife's website or um, you can hit me up directly on Instagram. That's easy enough. A lot of times we don't, too many people think, oh, they have to get all their website and their marketing materials together. Honestly, sometimes it's just like, okay, resonating with you and what you're up yeah. to and just hitting you up through, through yeah, Instagram emails doesn't mean yeah, it any more difficult. Resonate with me, they'll just, they'll find a way to contact me. <laughs> It'll work out. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. Well, I'm so again. I just I honor the 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 path that you're on. I'm grateful that our paths have crossed. Um, I I'm gonna have to really consider coming out to one of your retreats myself. But um, just thanks for for again, like I said, kind of talking the walk, the walk that you've been on, and and I can just see it in your in your eyes and feel it in your in your energy of how powerful and how important this work is for you, but also for the people that you're come in contact with for, just for the world, for what it needs right now. You know, it's, it's really, really cool. So thank you. I honor that very much. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate being on the podcast and I, mean, I love talking about this stuff. So thanks for giving me an opportunity to talk about my life and what, what, what we're all about. Um, yeah. yeah and it's, that's what the work is about. Just, you know, healing herself and finding more self-love yeah, and share with others. What, what I'm excited for, because I feel like this is kind of like a one-on-one conversation. Mm -hmm. And then as I start to do more work and then maybe I can meet you on a, a 202 level or a 303 level and keep taking this conversation yeah. deeper and deeper. So this, this won't be the, the one and only time I'll have you on, but this is a really cool introduction. So thank you again very much. And uh, 
man, if you're, if you're listening to this and this resonates with you, if you feel like you've got trauma that, um, to, to Brian's point is really tough to, to kind of like think your way through, you know, or, uh, therapy your way through, uh, plant-based medicines, even though I've done a, a little bit of it, I could just say there's, it's, it's pretty darn powerful. And the things that I think Brian and Danica are up to are, are definitely worth looking into. So hit them up on Instagram, uh, at Insta with Brian. And then, uh, if you happen to be a lady listening to this, you can, you can connect with Danica at Danica. And then is it Gisvold? G-I-S-V-O-L-D. That's right. G-I-S-V-O-L-D. Um, and also the, the website, you can contact, you can get access to us both through the website. Just send an email on the contact form through lovecombo.com. Perfect. That's almost easier. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you again, man. I really appreciate it. We'll look forward to uh, connecting on another episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. Thanks, Brian. Loved it. Thank you. All right, guys, take care. And we'll talk to you on the next episode of the Becoming Kings podcast. Take care. That's it for this one. And I want to thank you for listening. Hey, if you got some good ideas from this episode and you want more, please feel free to subscribe to the podcast. And if you think others may benefit from it also, share it on social media and tag me in your post so I can say, hey, it would also mean a lot to me if you felt inclined to write a review of the show on Apple Podcasts, since I read every single one of them. And if you've got any questions or topics that you'd like to recommend, or really just anything that you think I could improve upon, man, I thrive on constructive feedback. So hit me up with an email at podcast at johnnyking.com. Oh, and feel free to also subscribe to my YouTube channel, connect with me on LinkedIn, and follow me on Instagram at Johnny King and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Johnny King Men's Coach. Thanks again for joining me. I'll catch you next time.